listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Someone said this to me this morning um, via text, a pastor friend of mine from New Orleans said, the greatest independence that we can have is a total dependence on God. And I love that. The greatest independence that any of us can experience is just giving our lives totally dependently on to God. I'm loving the summer months. I love summer. Anyone like summer? I really enjoy summer, just the weather and just the fun times and just being able to hang out. And, and one thing we're asking is, if you're planning to go on vacation, can we spread them out a little bit? We don't want everyone to go away one week and then we've got no one here. So if we can just coordinate. Who's going to be our vacation coordinator? If you can help us out with that, we would really appreciate that. And, but I love the summer series because what we do during our summer series is we just have random messages. And we don't want to say just random because we're not like just eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Boom, here you go. We really still pray and seek God for these, but we don't tend to do a series through the summer, but we do standalone messages. And I just really want to say this to those of you listening today. I really believe I've got a direct word for someone today. I really truly believe that, that this is a word totally in season for someone right now sitting here today, someone watching via Periscope, someone who's going to be listening via the podcast later on when it airs, or listening by CD. I really truly believe I've got a word for you today. Anyone need a direct word from God? I know I do. I'm always asking God just to give me a word in my life. And and I love it when it seems like God's reading my mail. I love it when it's like God's one step ahead of me. And, and I shouldn't ever be surprised by that because he is. He's constantly here. And, but sometimes you say things like this, wow, God's just reading my mail. God's knowing everything. He's just right there, right now. He's hearing my conversations. He's reading my thoughts. That's kind of scary when you thought that God, think that God's hearing some of our conversations and he's reading our thoughts. But he's able to do all those things for this reason, because he is God, and he can do that, and he does do that. And it shows also how personal he is for each and every one of us, that he is interested in every area of your life. And don't ever let the enemy tell you otherwise. Don't ever let the devil say, God doesn't love you, that you're not special to God, because that's an absolute lie. Because even in his silence, it never means that he's absent. I want to say that again. Even in his silence, when you don't hear him, doesn't mean he's not there. Because he is there because he promises to never leave you or to never forsake you. Today I want to give you a message that's called, Can Your Seed Survive the Soil? Can Your Seed Survive the Soil? The soil. I want to begin with a story, and I have read this out before, so humor me if you've heard it. 
before, but it's a great story that really brings a valid point and a great introduction to this message. I don't really remember what grade I was in, but we did an, Alex, we did an experiment in elementary school that left a lasting impression on me, even into adulthood. The teacher told us to save our milk cartons for lunch for a special event. We were to bring them back to the class with us where we rinsed them out and cut the funny tops off them. She then opened a big container of black potting soil and we scooped some into each of our cartons. She then handed each one of us a big butter bean seed and told us how to plant the seed in the soil by making a small, small hole with our finger and dropping the seed in. After I pressed the dirt back down into the hole, I watered the seed, I taped my name on the box, and I let it sit in the sunny window beside everyone else's. Every day when class started, I ran to the window with the others to see what was happening to my seed. We couldn't see anything until the third day, when a tiny bit of green sprouts began to show in some of the boxes. By day six, most of the boxes had green sprouts and some even had leaves showing, but not mine. For six days, I eagerly ran to the window to look at my box, but there was nothing but dirt. I had watered it like everyone else. It had sat in the same sun that everyone else did, but nothing was happening to mine. No sprout was showing, and I wondered if my seed was even still there. On the seventh day, I couldn't take it any longer. I arrived to class before anyone else, and I used my finger to dig around in the soil to see if my seed was still in the box. I pulled it out, and sure enough, it had began to sprout. Right at that time, my teacher walked in, and when she saw that I had dirt on my little fingers, she kindly explained to me, you really should have left it alone and just waited. She said, since you have pulled your seed out of the soil too soon, you have destroyed your harvest. And she was right. All the other seeds grew strong and tall, and before long, they were filled with multiple pods of butter beans, far more than the one seed that was sown. I wonder today if anyone can relate to that story. I wonder if anyone knows what it is to see everyone else seeing the victories and the breakthroughs. I wonder what it feels like. Remember when everyone's getting those things that you've been praying for and they're seeing results and they're seeing things happening, but there seems to be no effect. Nothing's happening. Nothing's taking place. Where's my shoot? Why? Not fair. Bad God. I wonder if anyone can relate to that. I know I can. When you're praying and believing for things and you're not seeing things, you're not even feeling things. I'm coming to church and I'm almost not even feeling it anymore. But yet someone beside me has tears streaming down their face. God, I'm in the same sunlight. I'm on the same windowsill. We watered with the same water. What is going on? Have you ever asked God, where is my harvest? Where is my harvest? Here's the question I want to ask you today. Have you dug up your seed? Have you dug up your seed? 
Because I'm telling you right now, if there's no seed in the ground, there can never be a harvest. There has to be a seed in the ground. And that's what we want to talk about today. Can your seed, will your seed survive the soil? Will your seed survive the soil, the incubation period that is needed to produce the growth that God wants to do to each and every one of our lives? Let's read a great story from the Word of God from Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1. It says this on the same day. Sometimes I read things and they just really jump out to me. Just even words like that on the same day. Sometimes I feel like I'm on a different day to God. And when I read things like that, it just reminds me, come on, I'm on the same day. I'm on the same page. God has not forgotten me. And the Bible says, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the sea. He's on a summer vacation. He's by the beach. He's at the beach. And it says this, and a great multitude was gathered to him. Everywhere Jesus went, he drew a crowd. People longed to be around him. Everywhere he went, he drew a crowd. People were desperate. They were ready for change. They needed to hear what he would say. The Bible says that he got into a boat and he sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. A parable is a brief story of an everyday life situation told to illustrate a spiritual truth. Jesus was using object lessons, an illustrated sermon. He's talking in parables to them. And he says, Behold, a sower went out to sow. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. Verse 4, And as he sowed, as he scattered, some seed fell by the wayside. Say with me, on the road. It fell on the road. It was the footpath that was around the edge of the field. And the birds came and devoured them, ate up every seed. And then some seed fell on the stony places. Say with me, shallow soil. Where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, in other words, when it gets hot. Anyone ever feel the heat of life? Ever feel the inferno of decisions and of opposition? When it gets hot, they were scorched. They soon withered. And because they had no root, they withered away. They were gone. And the Bible says, and some seed fell amongst the thorns. Say with me, the weeds. And they sprang up and the weeds choked them. But I'm so glad that it says, but other seeds Fell. I love how the New Living Translation says, it says, still other seeds fell. I love that because that brings hope to me because sometimes I feel like nothing's happening. But God says, still there's another opportunity. Still there's another blessing. Still there's hope for your life. Keep trusting despite everything else. Still some seeds found the fertile soil. They landed on the good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirty. The Message Bible says it like this. Are you ready? They produced a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. I like that. A harvest was produced beyond their wildest dreams. And then verse 9 is such an important verse. Don't end the story because the story's not over. It says this. He who has is to hear... Let him hear. In other words, are you listening to this? You really need to be. 
Jesus is saying, what I just said, don't let it go in one ear and let go out the other. Maybe today you're just kind of here and your mind is elsewhere. Your mind's on the fireworks you're going to buy. Your mind's on, oh, I didn't buy coal for the barbecue. Your mind's elsewhere. Come on, Jesus is saying, you better focus right now. You need to come back. Come on, hello, hello. You need to focus because you need to hear the truths that have been said. If you don't need it today, you're going to need it tomorrow. You're going to need it in the future. So you need to be gathering and gleaning and get what you need today. He who has ears. That's every one of us the last time I checked. God says, you better listen, listen, listen. What we read is there's four different types of soil. One produces a harvest. It's our responsibility to prepare the place of harvest, but not to produce the harvest. I'm glad about that. I can't produce the harvest, but I can prepare for the harvest. So what do we see? There's the first type of soil, which is the road. It's the wayside. Because it's hard, because there is no way the seed can penetrate into the ground, birds just came really quickly and it was eaten, it was taken away, it was gone, there was nothing left. The second soil is that which is the shallow, the rocky soil. There was a little bit of depth, but not enough to sustain any growth. So when it got hot, when the temperature heated up, when struggles and adversities came, it just withered away. And again, it was no more. Then there's the third type of soil. It's the weeds. It's the thorns. That seed is able to take root, it's able to grow, but because of that which is surrounding it, it chokes it out, it destroys it, and it takes all life from it. It's amazing if you've ever planted a garden. I've never planted a weed, but weeds seem to grow more than flowers. They grow twice as fast, their roots are twice as strong. You can almost lose your salvation pulling weeds in a garden. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You're like, what's up with that? That's not what I planted. And we know how that goes. They, they engulf. They, and when you're trying to pull the weeds, you've got to be careful because sometimes you can pull up the flowers because they weave themselves in all of the... That's what the weeds of life want to do. But then there's the good soil. Shout with me, the good soil. That's the fertile ground. That's the harvest. That's our goal. That's where we want to be. But I want to tell you something. In life, you're never going to always live in the good soil. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be opposition times. There's going to be people that are going to come around you. But it's our purpose still, what? To make sure that we are preparing the soil of our lives. What you need to know today, and this may be elementary for some of you, and that's good because it means everyone can understand it. You've got to understand that the seed is the Word of God. The farmer is God. He's the one that's throwing out His Word. It's His truth that you can grab a hold of in your life. It's your relationship that you now have with Him because you know the truth and the truth has now set you free. That seed is not just His written word, the Bible. That word is your word. It's your life. It's your truth. It's your response and your interaction to what He has said. What He has given to you. It's your promises. Anyone have a promise from God? It's your dreams, it's your future, it's your family. That's the seed, the word that God has in each and every one of us. And then there's the soil. And again, I want to say this. 
The soil is your responsibility to prayer. That's why I didn't do it today because we prayed for this nation. But every time I preach, I ask you to put your hand on your heart. Why? Because I want you to prepare the soil as the seed of the word of God goes out. Because it's your responsibility to prepare the soil. It's your responsibility what your response is going to be to the word of God. Because the word of God never changes. But what changes is where it's allowed to take root if it is. And what's prepared and what's done in each and every one of our lives. So it's our responsibility to prepare, but it's His responsibility to produce. What I mean by that is this, we've got to make the preparation, but He's the one that brings the harvest. It's His Word that will produce in the soil that you and I prepare for it. I'm so glad today, as I said a few moments ago, I can't make it grow. I can't make things happen. But I can prepare the environment. Expectancy, they say this, is the breeding ground of miracles. If I'm expecting in my heart, it opens up the opportunities. If I'm preparing my life, God can move. How many times has God been ready to move and we're checked out and gone? And we miss the opportunity, even something we've been praying for, but we're gone. We're not in church. We're not where we need to be. We're checking out. We're just on cruise control. And God says, hold on a second. I had a moment prepared right for you, but your preparation fell short in your life. And I'm telling you, it's really important to understand your role in preparing the soil if your seed is going to survive in the soil. Too many people are giving up in the process. They're allowing their seed to die in the soil. They're allowing circumstances and situations. Luke, if you can get my illustration for me, that would be great. They're allowing the circumstances and the situations of life to take root and take control in their lives. And as a result, the soil is not prepared and their seed is beginning to die in their lives. I want to show you something today. I've, I've brought two tools with me today. I want to show you today. Is that okay? I kept the cover on this one because there's a blade on that. But I brought two, two, two tools today. And what we've got here is we've got a shovel. And we've got a sickle. Now, for most of us, we know the purpose of each one of those. If you don't, then let me explain it. They're completely different at the end of the spectrum. One is the beginning and one is the ending. If you haven't figured it out, the shovel, the hard work is the beginning. So then what can you do? You can reap and you can produce in the end of your life. One prepares for the harvest and the other brings in the harvest. Can we just be honest today? The one we like the best is the sickle. We, we, we like to go out and get the harvest. We, 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 we like it when God answers our prayers. Anyone with me? Come on, you can help me. The, the, louder, you, the louder you respond, the better I'm going to preach. Come on now. Come on, come on, give me some of that. Oh yeah, come on. So, so we like the sickle because we love it when God's answering our prayers. He's a good God and everything's good. And, and, and all these breakthroughs and miracles, those things I've been praying for, I see them. Oh, I've got those warm, fuzzy feelings. Anyone know those? Oh, it feels good. Wow, church was great today. Oh, I just felt it. Wow, yeah. We love the sickle of life. But one thing I've discovered is this. Are you ready? We don't care so much for the shovel. I said, we don't care so much for the shovel. 
Because we don't see a lot of results with the shovel. We, we just see a lot of hard work. We see a lot of effort. We see a lot of sweat. We see blisters. We, we see all those. There's not, it's, it's hard work to work on the shovel because we don't see any evidence of growth. We're just digging, but what are we doing? We are we're preparing. We're preparing. We're planting for what? So that we can see God move in our lives. You see, here's what I want to ask you today. Can your seed survive in the soil? Will your seed survive the soil? Oh, we like the harvest, but there's got to first be the planting and then there's got to be the process that takes us to the end result. The Bible tells us this, and this I hope will give every one of you hope today. Are you ready today? Genesis 8.22 says this, While the earth remains, There's always going to be seed time and harvest. Come on, you can shout amen right there. That's a good thing right there. Because the Bible says, while the earth remains, the last time I checked, the earth's still here. And God says there will be a seed time and a harvest. Then notice this. The next things he talks about is really what is needed to produce the harvest. He says there's going to be cold and heat. There's going to be winter and summer. There's going to be day and night. All these things shall not cease. That's the part of the process so that we can see seed time and harvest. What does that mean for your life? You're going to go through various seasons in your life. Seasons you may not always like. Feelings that you may not always have or don't like the ones that you do have. Because Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and there is a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season. The Bible says there's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to break down. There's a time to everything there is a season. Why? Because there is a purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say there's a purpose. There's a purpose for what? The process. There's a purpose between the shovel and the sickle. There's a purpose between the digging and the reaping. There's a purpose for the soil of our lives to sustain the seed to begin to see the increase that God has in each and We don't like the seasons. We don't like the times of transition. I know I've been through many. I'm not going to bore you today, but I could talk of many transitions in my life. And even as a pastor, can I just tell you right now, just because I'm a pastor, I still have to battle the same thoughts that you do. I've been through transitions in my life where I'm not proud to say that I thought God had left me. I thought I'd missed God. Man, here I am, God, giving my life to you. And man, did I miss it. Wow, did I feel a failure. Wow, did I feel a mistake. Why? Because I had dug hard, I had planted hard, but I wasn't seeing anything being produced. So therefore... There's no seed in the ground. There's no truth in my life. So I start digging around and start disrupting. Come on now. I start disrupting what God has done. You see, there's a time of purpose that's called a process. We're not good in the process. I'm just going to amen for you today. We're not good in the process. We get lost in the middle many times. Come on, don't get stuck in a stage that is just a part of the process that God has for your life. We fail to keep our seed in the soil. Or listen to this. We fail to keep our soil prepared for the seed. 
Oh, I'm just going to go out and club again. I'm just going to go out and drink again. I'm just going to go out and sleep around again. I'm just going to go out and gamble again. I'm just going to... Why? Because I'm not seeing the result of the seed. So therefore, what happens? I'm now changing the condition of the soil. I'm now making it what hard. I'm now making it a road. I'm now making it weeding. I'm now leaving it what? That there's not going to be any chance, even if there is growth, that it's going to see blessing in my life. I want to tell you something right now. Just because you don't see anything happen doesn't mean nothing is taking place. Don't dig up your seed. Keep your soil prepared and ready. I want to give you three things about a seed. Are you ready? Here's the three P's of a seed. Three P's. Pastor Philip Pimlock, PPP. So the three P's of a seed. Here you go. Number one, protection. Protection. Just going to really simplify it to each and every one of you. But do you know that every seed is surrounded by a hardened shell? It has a covering all the way around it. Why? Because it's to protect it while it is buried in the ground. In other words, when a seed is put in the ground, first thought of a seed is, woohoo, now I can go. But then all of a sudden, when it gets dark and the pressure starts happening, it's going through a process it doesn't understand. No one likes to be buried. No one likes that feeling. And so what happens is we've got to have that protection around us. Come on, let me give you a statement today. Are you ready? What you perceive as God punishing you may be the fact that he's really protecting you. Well, nothing's happening. What's going on? You see, your perception can be really off. We read on on our Wednesday night, we talked about Elijah and he spoke that a drought was about to end. But how many knows to end a drought, a storm has to come because rain has to be produced. Well, we don't like that. God, can you not produce rain in a different way? Why do you have to do it through a storm? Why does it have to be trials? Why does it have to be opposition in our lives? Because we don't see so many times the final outcome. But what must we do through the storms? What must we do through the process? We must realize that God is protecting us. Look at this. It's hard to see the protection when you're in the process. It's really hard to see the protection of God when you're in the process. I I, I use this illustration as a child. Remember how we now as parents, we have to discipline our children. Children don't understand that always at the time. In fact, I'm going to go further to say this. Children never understand why they have to be corrected. They just want to live their life and do their own thing many times. But we know as parents, if we don't correct them... They're not going to be fit for anything in future years. So we're part of a process to get them to a good outcome. Sometimes God has to do things in our life that we don't like, but He is protecting us in the process so we won't say the wrong things, do the wrong things, go to the wrong places and be engaged in the wrong... But we're keeping our soil prepared. God loves you so much. That's why He protects you. God loves you too much to say yes to everything. God loves you enough to say no. And I'm so thankful for the no's of my life. Because God has to protect us. But you know one of the biggest people God has to protect us from? Ourselves. 
God has to protect you. You're your worst enemy. You think the devil's bad. No, you're worse than the devil. Turn to your neighbor and say, yeah, yeah, you are. You're worse than the devil, you know. Think about David in a wilderness. The Bible doesn't read the mind of David in the wilderness, but can I tell you how David felt in the wilderness? Forgotten. His brothers were off fighting and he was left with a bunch of stinking sheep. But guess what? He was in the process of God because God was protecting him when a lion and a bear came out. The protection of God was all around him. Why? Because God said, David, it's not your time yet, but I'm going to protect you until it is. What about Moses in a basket floating down a river? God had to protect him from the alligators in the river Nile. But God did more than protect him. God placed him in Pharaoh's palace to be raised. Why? Because God was doing something that his mother and those around did not really understand. But God was protecting him in the process. I want you to know something today. God is protecting you, which is a different perception to what many of us have. Bad God. Why? Why are there, is their seed growing and mine is not? All around the seed, there is a protection. Here's the second thing about a seed. Are you ready? Within the seed, there is a provision. There is a provision within every seed. In other words, a seed contains inside of itself a food supply that can sustain it until its roots are able to develop, until it's able to get the nutrients it needs from that which is around it. It has a supply within it. Well, what does that mean? I'm telling you what that means. God has placed inside of you Everything that you need to survive the soil. Here's our problem. Stop going to another source. How many of us are turning to the wrong source? And I could preach a whole message just on this point alone. How many of us are going to the wrong source when we have a problem in our life? Where's the first place we turn? To the wrong Facebook. Amen. We go out to the social media instead of putting our face in the book and asking God, would you help me? We look to everyone else and complain and grumble to everyone else around. Looking what? For them to be our source where God says, hold on a second. I've given you everything you need to make it through the process. And through the soil and the trials of your life. Stop looking To somewhere else. You know the problem with our nation is this. We have God and everything else. We have God and everything else. If God doesn't come through for us, then we've got this. Really, we've got it this. We've got everything else and God is really where we're at. Because everything else comes into play. Oh, and then God. He's like this trump card at the end. Oh, if everything else fails, then I guess there's God. I guess I can pray. Maybe prayer should be the first thing that you do. And you see in these other nations that you go to, you see such happiness, you see miracles, you see such contentment. Why? Because they've got God and nothing else. Because if God doesn't come through from their kids are going to die. There's no miracles, there's no doctors, there's no nothing. It's God only. You see, so many times we've got so many other sources of life that we wonder why we're not seeing the miracles, the revival. Living in the happiness, in the contentment. Here's what I would say to every one of you. You ready? Stop seeking provision from another source. When God is all you need. God is all you need. God is all you need. Got somebody, oh, I'm just going to find another church. I don't like what the pastor preached. 
you know what you're going to do? If you're going to find another church, can I just give you an example of what you're going to do? You're not going to take a sickle to your life. You're going to take a shovel to your life. And you're going to dig yourself up again. And when you dig yourself up, you're going to destroy any roots and any structure that you have. So when you're now replanting in a new location, you're going to hinder the growth period. It's going to take a long time for you to be back where you were before. You don't just uproot yourself because I don't like what they said. You've got to be planted where God plants you. You've got to find so your roots can go down. Because Psalms tells us that blessed are those who are planted in the house of the Lord. They're going to be fruitful and they're going to flourish. Oh, we like to say that God's our only source, but the evidence of our life shows different. Here's the third P. Are you ready? Purpose. Say with me purpose. Purpose, purpose. Every seed has a purpose. The purpose of every seed is to produce. A seed produces after its own kind, but one seed does not just produce one seed. One seed produces multiple seeds. So we see the purpose of a seed is to bring a harvest, a blessing, a fruitfulness into each and every one of our lives. But that purpose is only discovered through death. And I'm not talking about letting your seed die in the ground and giving up on it. That's not the death I'm talking about. The death I'm talking about here is total surrender to God. That we've got to surrender. And that's a massive difference. Look what it says, John 12, 24. New Living Translation. He says, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat, a seed, is planted in the soil and it dies, it remains alone. Here's the process. Here's what's happening. But when it's dead, but it's death, what? We don't like that. We don't like to die to ourselves. We don't like other people like God to be in control. We like to have control. We're control freaks whether we realize it or not. We like to have the control. But the Bible says, but unless we relinquish control, unless we fully surrender our lives, if there's not death, nothing can be produced. But in death, there's going to be a produce of many kernels, a plentiful harvest of a new life. There's got to be a death to ourself. There's got to be a death to our past. There's got to be a death even to our dreams and our plans. God, here's what I want, but God, I want to die to those things because God, I just want what you want. I want your will for my life. Even Jesus had to die to his will before he went to the cross. Father, not my will, but yours be done. He still had a decision right there. If he would have chose his will over God's will, we would still be lost. There would be no hope for us today. We wouldn't be Able to be free today. But again, we struggle here because we want to have control. We want to have, take charge. I think for some of us, God has to keep us in the soil longer. So we will surrender to him. If If you're here today and you're saying, well, nothing's happening in my life. Maybe it's your fault and not God. Maybe God's keeping you there because he's protecting you still. He's given you what you need to sustain it. But guess what? Now he wants to produce something inside of you. And he's maybe keeping you there a little bit longer for you to fully surrender to him. Because he knows if he just touches and blesses your life right now, you're not going to be fit to be and do what he's called you to do. So there's a crushing experience that needs to take place to release His purpose. Can your seed survive the soil? Is your seed surviving the soil? The process in between the shovel and the sickle. Are you giving up? Are you turning? Remember the types of soil? 
The first one was the pathway. It was the wayside. The disciples asked Jesus, what is the meaning of these soils? God, Jesus, would you help us? Look what Jesus said to the roadway and the pathway, the wayside. Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. The key thought there is if they don't understand it, I'm telling you, one of the things that you've got to guard your soil against is the things you don't understand. I don't understand why things happen sometimes in the way they do. But God says we're not to find Him with our minds. God says we're to find Him with our hearts. I don't always understand it, but what I've got to put my focus and faith in is not the things I don't understand, but in the things I do know. And what I know is this, God is for me. He will never leave me and he will never, mist- he will never let me go. Come on, we can't find answers in what we don't know, but we find them in who we do know. We find them in God. So when it's a roadway and there's lack of understanding in my life, I've got to throw my hands in the air and say, I don't understand it, God, but I'm still going to prepare the soil. I'm still going to prepare my life. What was the second type? The stony ground. The shallow soil. Jesus said this way, verse 20, 21, but he who receives the seed on stony places, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. It's life changing. Woo, I love it. But yet he has no root in himself because he endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. He stumbles, he stumbles. I think you could also add there when tribulations and persecution and even when blessings come. Because I think for some of us, a greater stumbling in our life is not the persecutions, it's not the adversity, it's the blessings. It's the blessings. I was talking to Rob the Bishop this week, dealing with crossroads and people who were dealing with life-controlling issues in their life. He said the biggest problem and the biggest mistake that they make is when they get their lives back on track, they allow themselves to think, I've got this. Then they begin to take jobs and they begin to be out of church and they begin to be out of the Word because they've now got their breakthrough and their miracle. They stop going to church. They stop praying. Come on, you've got to be preparing the soul of your life still because some of the most most dangerous moments of your life is when the party is going on around you too. You've got to keep preparing when the good times and the bad times. You've got to keep preparing the soil. How do I prepare the soil? I've got to be in the Bible every day. I've got to be on my knees in prayer every day. I need fellowship. I need to be around people. I don't just come because I'm the pastor. I come because I need church. Church is not what saves you, but church is that which keeps you saved. You need to be in the house of God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because there's victory, there's music, there's life in the house. You know how else I prepare depth in my life? I serve in the house. I serve other people. Is your life thorny and weedy? What does the Bible say about that? The definition, Jesus says, he says, Now who receives the seed amongst the thorns, the weed, is he who hears the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, they choke and he becomes unfruitful. In other words, to become unfruitful, he was once fruitful. So there was a fruitfulness. There was a time of fruitfulness. Now there is unfruitfulness. I've got to ask you today, what are you surrounded by? What are you? So who's in your corner? Because I'm telling you, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. 
Watch your friendships. Watch your connections. Watch your involvements. Because you can say, oh, I've got this, God, and I can go. You've got to be careful to keep your soil prepared because there's nothing the enemy wants than to put weeds and thorns around you and change your fruitfulness to unfruitfulness, to change what God is producing to unproductiveness in your life. You've got to watch as you prepare the soil because your seed has got to survive. Come on, say with me. My seed has got to survive. I'm not going to lose God's word to my life. I'm not going to lose his promise. I'm going to weed my garden. I'm going to get people out of my life. Come on, I'm preaching a message better than you're responding today. There's a fourth type of soil. This is God's goal for every one of us, for us to be good soil. Good soil doesn't just happen. Good soil is because the wayside has been plowed up. Good soil happens because the stones are removed. I was a farmer. I grew up on a farm with my dad. I remember when we planted potatoes, we had what was known as a rock and clod remover. We would go through the field and we would dig down into the field and it would put it over all these conveyors and they would shake and bang and all these hard rocks and clods would be put on another conveyor and they would be put in a trailer and they would be taken out of the field and you would be amazed because on the surface it looked like everything was good but when that thing dug down because listen the seeds are not on the surface they've got to go down the roots have got to go down we've got to start looking beneath the surface oh we're very good at the surface everything's good praise God pastor everything's good God is good but what's beneath the surface we need to dig down today and prepare our lives because good soil doesn't just happen it takes work and you and I have got to work So we can produce a harvest beyond our wildest dreams. Listen to me. It's your responsibility to prepare the soil in order for the seed to survive. And then what do we do? We can trust him to bring about the harvest. Because that's what he promises will come when we prepare for it. Will your seed survive your soil? Will you make it through This process that you're in. Are you going to make it through? Because I'm telling you, there's a seed time and there's a harvest. And your harvest is determined upon the seed that you have in the ground. So if you're sowing the wrong seeds, you're going to reap the wrong harvest. If you're sowing the right seeds, putting in God's word and his truth into your life, you're going to reap the right harvest. Don't dig it up. Don't give up on it. There has to be a root. Remember that before there's ever a shoot. It's got to go down before it goes up. But remember this, in the process, he's what? He's protecting you. He's provided for you. And he has a purpose for everything of your life. Would you bow your heads all over this place today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.